very difficult for Manchester United to stop that. What do you want them to do? Come out and deny every single link. With 22 links to different players on one day last week alone. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. You ain't shit! I wish I was 50 years younger you and I'd kick your ass. <laughs> My fans can be the harshest critics, you know. And they often are. A wife is often the harshest critic of her <laughs> husband. <laughs> I thought I was invincible. That's what you're, you're trained to believe as a sports person. There was four million people in Ireland who knew much more about managing <laughs> football teams than I did. When it comes to music, I can spoof with the best. Your sporting career is the best time you'll have, and, you know, you have to hang on to it for as long as your life because everything else is pretty crappy. And this is not lies. Stephen Rochard has never spoken to Jim McGinnis in his life. This is the Saturday panel for the next hour, concentrating on tomorrow's All-Ireland Senior Football Final. Kerry and Galway contest the 2022 decider at 3.30 tomorrow at Croke Park. Our GA coverage and off the ball in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Joining me to look ahead by the wonders of modern technology are former Galway captain Finian Hanley, ex-All-Ireland winner with Kerry, Billy O'Shea and the man who lifted the Sam Maguire Cup for Tyrone in the Hogan stand in 2003, Peter. Canavan. Finney and Billy and Peter, how was the form this Saturday afternoon? Yeah, all good. Job, thanks. Great, great, great atmosphere in Galway this week, so uh, we're all we're all looking forward to it. I'm in Milltown here today. Uh, we've former Galway footballer Jeremy Blake's getting married, so we're uh, we're uh, gathering uh, for a pre-match uh, meeting today down in Milltown, just on the Mayo border. It'll be an early night for you all, Finian. We won't make the, the, the wedding's in Brady House, so we hope not to make too much noise. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, no, uh, people are gathering in Sheridan, the famous GA club here in Milltown. So it's, uh, yeah, no, it's exciting, but nearly nice and getting tomorrow, John. Yeah. And what's it been like out there in West? Have you gone mad in Galway? Has everybody been watching the year till Sunday? 21 years since your last final appearance, Finian. Yeah, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's super exciting, I suppose. You know, we haven't uh, had. And a huge number of, of great days in that in that period, John. But uh, you know, this week it's kind of uh, it's strained. We have a post-pandemic uh, Galway Race Festival coming up next week. Uh, the Arts Festival this week, and uh, an All Ireland final thrown in the middle of it. So yeah, Carlsberg don't do uh, week, but uh, this is a real carnival atmosphere here in Galway this week. So the excitement is there. The, the flags are out. Everyone is. Is, is, is over the moon they're heading up with uh, a bit of hope on Sunday and uh, yeah a lot of years on Sunday I was talking to John O'Mahony yesterday so he's seen his mother all over the internet all week so uh, we're hoping to inspire be inspired by, by, by those videos Fancy dance and all that kind of thing Billy um, eight years uh, that's a famine in Kerry so long drives planned tomorrow a lot of anticipation you've beaten the dubs only one more game to go Billy can you hear us there? Oh yeah, sorry. I, my my sound is quite poor here, so apologies. Yeah, what, sorry. What was the question? Uh, just uh, eight years is a famine in Kerry, so a uh, lot of long drives planned tomorrow. You've beaten the Dubs. Tickets booked. One more game to go. Yeah, one more game to go. Uh, as you say, eight years. It's uh, it's a long time, I suppose, from a Kerry point of view, not to uh, not to have won in All Ireland. Um, not something that we've been uncommon to before in the past, as Peter Canavan there will tell you in my time. We had a bit of a famine as well for a while, uh, from 86 until 97. Uh, and that's when I had started my career in 91. So there was a few barren years uh, between, we'll say, 91 and 97 personally. But uh, we're not accustomed, <laughs> unaccustomed to a bit of a famine down around here. The expectation, of course, uh, is very, very high for the simple reason that this team is not a team that has just burst onto the scene. This is a team that has, uh, has been developing for quite some time. And uh, they had an amazing amount of success at minor level. Uh, and now they're hoping that they can reap the rewards at senior level. It hasn't ha- happened for them yet. Uh, but uh, the feeling down here is that uh, they are a team that will produce at some stage. And we're hoping that tomorrow will be that day. When you think about your own career, Billy, back to 97, uh, I know what, obviously it, what you got injured in the final itself, but the build-up, the parade, the rituals, you'd party there, you had the expectation after 11 years. Can, could, what do you remember from the time? Yeah, as you say, it was a, it was a long time since we were in All-Ireland. Prior to 97, it was 1986. So you can imagine what the atmosphere was like down around here. I mean, everybody was talking about it. I mean, they talk about football at the best, at the worst of times, I suppose, down in Kerry. But uh, that was a fantastic uh, time. It was a fantastic occasion. The whole county was buzzing. Everybody was supporting the team. And because it had been so long, 
uh, we were seeing a new breed of supporter developing down here in Kerry before. Kerry people used to travel to the match and uh, they'd turn up and head away home straight away. Now, in 97, we had seen a different breed of supporters, I said. You had the Kerry jersey being uh, shown off a lot more. Uh, the supporters were, were showing a lot more pride in their county colours. And certainly the county itself was showing a lot more in terms of bunting and flags flying in towns and, and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a really uh, special occasion because it was something new for the Kerry public to, to embrace this new form of following the, the Kerry football team. And uh, thankfully in 97, uh, it all went well for us uh, under Paddy's guidance, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, it probably kick-started, which, which was uh, a relatively good era for, for Kerry football. I mean, everybody speaks about the Kerry golden years from, from 75 until 86 under Mick O'Dwyer's um, managership. But um, from 97 on, we saw Kerry competing and contesting more at the latter stages of the championship whereas prior to that i suppose from 87 to, to 96 you know we were just hoping to win a monster title so like it was a big transition from that period onto we said the post 97 period down here yeah and you're hoping for the same again now with this crop of players and it was a strange day for you billy you broke your leg in the final yeah i suppose everybody would be remembered for something if they do participate in an all-ireland final unfortunately for me it's been remembered getting injured uh, but look, it's just, I suppose, one of those things that, that happens. It, it was an unfortunate collision between myself and, and Morris Fitzgerald. I think uh, in hindsight, given the way that Morris had played afterwards, if I, if he had got injured, I think it would have been a lot worse <laughs> for me. I can, I can tell you that much. But um, yeah, look, it was just one of those things that happened. You, you get on with it and the boys got on with it that day. And thankfully they went on to, to bring home the, the Sam Maguire for the first time in 11 years. And as I say, the expectation was fantastic. The buzz was fantastic. So you can imagine what the celebrations were like after winning it after 11 years. Was it a bit like Paul Gascoigne in the FA Cup final, Billy? Did, did, did they get a visit in the hospital from the lads? Inside the hospital? Yeah. I did. I did actually. Uh, they came in in dribs and drabs afterwards. I'd say a lot of them didn't really want to be visiting me in the hospital now after winning the Sam Maguire. I think a lot of them would like to be down in, in a few watering holes around Dublin before we flew down to, to Kerry on, on the Monday. But uh, when we got down to uh, Tralee, I was whisked off to hospital because I still had to spend another day or two inside in hospital. Uh, but before I was uh, before I was left out, the lads did call on mass down in Tralee, so it was nice to meet up with them then. And we uh, we had a good bit of a celebration then after that. All right, Peter, it's a wonderful day in the Irish sporting calendar, and you've been involved in many finals. Ninety five, uh, unluckily. Uh, you lost to Dublin um, 2003 you were there in the Hogan stand lifting the cup 2005 you scored a goal last year your son Dara played what stands out from all these moments what, what's what's vivid in your mind well the one that we lost is still very much prominent on our right. mind believe it or not and, and it's still talked about a lot here in Throne um, that was 1995 that was controversial circumstances to say the least when we lost to Dublin Um in 2003, it was really a different panel of players. A lot of the players that I had played with in the late 80s, early 90s had, had all gone. Um, but luck, uh, it was great to get there. But I suppose anybody would tell you the feeling of climbing the steps of the Hogan stand, knowing that your your county had, had got the hands on the Sam Maguire as, as seconds and minutes that, that will stay with you for, for the rest of your life. And Tomorrow, that's that's what's going to happen um, for for either Kerry or Galway. Uh, those players will never forget those seconds, those minutes uh, on the steps, knowing that your captain's going going to lift the the Sam Maguire, the most famous trophy in Irish sports. So, um, and look, it is it's a great occasion, and there's a great sense of occasion to it. And um, I'm really looking forward to two teams that have quality footballers on view. Um, some people may think it's a surprise to see Galway there, but um, certainly they have uh, three or four of the finest footballers in the land. And we're very much well aware of the prowess that, that the marquee men and, and, and Kerry have. So uh, it's, it's, it's a special day and hopefully these uh, both Kerry and Galway will deliver um, on the big day itself. It infuses a winning mentality in a county. It must have changed Toronto a bit culturally, Peter, because... Uh, you've won three times since 03. I'm sure that that moment you crossed the border into Tyrone with the cup was the, the people. I'd say that their their reaction was something that they'll never forget. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and it is the winning mentality. You know, we tried for a long, long time and couldn't get our hands on one. And then when we did win it, we won it three times in the space of five years. So um, I suppose like so many teams, be it at club or county level, that haven't won or haven't made the breakthrough, sometimes you think you have to do something extra special on the big day to win a final, to win an All-Ireland. Um, but it's just that uh, inner belief, I suppose, or confidence that you just go out and do the simple things well. And when you know you can win it once, uh, the confidence and self-belief that that gives you is, is, is something else. So that's the way it was. And if, we, if Throne had won it in 86, and definitely if we had won it in 95 for the first time, I believe we had a really good panel and it was a young enough um, age profile in the, in the 90s. We had won two All-Ireland on the 21s. We had played against Billy's team in, in an All-Ireland semi-final in 92. A real good crop of players. And if we had across the line in 95, I've no doubt that team would have uh, would have won it before 2003. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's making that breakthrough. And, and thrown teams now, be it minor or senior level, whenever they go down to, to Croke Park, they expect to win. And uh, that's what you're talking about. That's the winning culture. And Kerry have had that longer than any other county. And hence, that's why they're going into uh, the All-Ireland final this year very much, uh, once again, as, as favourites. Uh, Finian, you won a club all Ireland with Salt Hill knocking the car out, but you never reached a, a, a final with uh, Galway in, in the Maroon. But um, I'm sure you were going as a teenager. Were you in 9801? I suppose in 98, I was, I was only 13. Uh, 2001, only 16. So um, it, it's, a, it's a long time ago. And, and, and back then, we were, you know, we were on the crest of a wave with the players that we had. And, you know, Peter and Billy would know a lot of those guys, you know, Porek, Tommy Joyce, Michael Donlan. Paul Clancy, like absolute generational players, you know. Um, I suppose after that, then John, we we kind of fell off. We, we kind of expected to go with that these players will come and come and come, um, but that's not always the case. The game slightly, you know, always quite a traditional account. The supporters here want that free flowing football that Michael Donnan produced in '98, but uh, that wasn't to be. And the game changed, and, and always very slow to catch up with with, with the times. So, you know, you know, us as young lads going up on the train that time. We were looking up to those guys. They were our heroes. And, you know, around Galway this week, you see a lot of Galway jerseys. So I presume, you know, the kids nowadays uh, are, are looking up to the Sean Kellys, the Damien Comers, the same way as we look up to the Michael Donnellans and Paul Joyce's. But, you know, you need, you, need, you need inspiration in the county. And certainly, you know, we hope that this generation are inspiring, you know, the next generation to, to, to follow on. And as Peter just alluded to there, you know, Tyrone are going now to games in Crow Park and around the country expecting to win. I don't think we're at that level yet. Uh, you know, it's been a great year. We have a great chance tomorrow to get to that level that any time we come to go apart. So, you know, there's more to tomorrow than winning and losing. Okay, we just uh, got to check your line there, Finian, for the moment. Um, let's talk about Galway, uh, Billy. Um, they have an exceptionally talented footballer in Shane Walsh. They've got Damien Comer, who's a great target man. They've got Paul Conroy having a stellar year. They've got quality in the team, Billy Galway do. They do indeed, yeah. Uh, I suppose the one player for me that really stood out over the last couple of years would have been Shane Walsh. I think that's a, he's a fine footballer. And I've always enjoyed watching watching him play and I, I've always enjoyed his style of play. Um, probably not as prominent in the, in the semi-final the last day, which... As any fellow will tell you, the best way to go into a final is under the radar, and um, he will be—he'll be hoping to play the level of football that he has achieved, we'll say, prior to the semi-final against Terry. He's an exceptionally good forward, very difficult to mark, and I think he'll feel himself, you know, that he's—he's he's due a big performance as well. Um, he's a guy who's been been shining for Galway, I think, for quite some time, and uh, he'll certainly want to show what he's capable of uh, of producing on the big day. And that's when you want your marquee players to perform. It's on the big day. As anybody will tell you, semi-finals are there just to be won. It doesn't matter how you win it once you win it. And when you're in a final, that's when you you can showcase your skills and showcase your abilities as a team and as, a, and as an individual as well. So I, I would be expecting a big performance for him. But, you know, uh, on the flip side, you speak about Damien Comer, who's having a very good year and is probably one of the contenders for, for player of the year as well. The only thing I would say about him is that like he's got such a high profile coming into this match. Is he going to we'll say match that profile of his performance in the semi-final again in the final last day? And I'll go back to a player 
who uh, we played against in, in 91, Peter Whitnell. You know, he went into the All-Ireland final after a, a brilliant performance against Kerry and, you know, he was never heard of afterwards. But, you know, I, I worry about some players who come into finals and with such a high profile, you know, how do they perform? How do they how do they react to the nerves of, we'll say, having to achieve what they've done so in the semi-final as well? So, but I, I would I would suspect that in the modern game with, with psychologists and everything like that, I, that he'd be well-tuned and he'd be well-versed before he comes into this match to make sure that he can get the best of him as well. But, it is it is a fine Galway side, and you know the fact that they're they're under Padraig Joyce, I think is is testament as well to the side that he has because Padraig was a fantastic footballer as we all know, but he he was a footballer, you know he played the game with such grace that uh, you'd be expecting that type of football to flow in as well. Of course, he's going to have to look at the defensive side of things. You know he was a foot forward himself, loved to, to play the game on an expansive manner. But when it comes to, to management, you have to marry both the defensive side of things and also the attacking side of things. And we've seen that side of the Galway as well. They can go defensive when they need to. And I would suspect that tomorrow they will certainly have to focus a lot on the defensive side of things because Kerry have a lot of marquee forwards. I mean, they all speak about David Clifford, but they have other forwards as well who can contribute. And I, and I know their record will show that as well. So, look, it's going to be an interesting battle. But it's no surprise to me that Galway have come here because... Galway were always a, a good footballing county and under Padre Joyce, when I heard that he was getting that that position of manager of Galway, I knew that they were going to be a threat at some stage. Yeah, um, Finney, and we have you back now. Uh, you played with Pork Joyce, obviously. What I, what I loved about Pork Joyce was he said at the very start, um, our aim is to win the All-Ireland here. Uh, so it's from the from the get-go, he's set out a stall. He's a charismatic guy. He's got a good backroom team and Galway are coming, whether it's this year or, or another year. Yeah, absolutely, John. I think I think Porrick is uh, he, he exudes confidence that he always has. Even when we played with him, you know he he wouldn't fear any opposition. And uh, you know, going out in games, he, he'd be telling you, "Look, this is the way it's going to be, regardless whether you have the answer or not." So, um, yeah, look, he's 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 instilled belief in this team that they can take on anyone. We've changed slightly from the all-out attack in the last while. Um, you know, last year we were a bit more attack-minded and, and prior to the, the pandemic as well. But, uh, you know, he's brought in Keane O'Neill. You know, he's changed up the backroom team a good bit. And, uh, you know, you, you can see that team is, is evolving and they're, and they're open to play whatever way is possible to win. And that's Porrick in a nutshell. He's a winner for his club and for his, for his county all his playing career. And, you know, he's the same He's the same now. So he's changed this year. He, he's probably had to take a, a long, hard look of where he was going in the winter time after the backup on the back of two difficult seasons but um, I think this year we're playing you know in the last couple of games we're playing quite a defensive mode um, you know akin to what Kevin Walsh maybe did but look it's all about the results at the end of the day and Porrick wants to win the All-Ireland with Galway as he said and you know the man you know is so confident and, and Peter and Billy will know him quite well from over the years you know he doesn't shy away from telling you what he thinks and uh, if, if a lad isn't going well you know you're, you're in the stand and if, if you are going well he'll tell you so uh, the belief is in the team. He's picked, you know, the team we have now are really, really, you know, dynamic. You know, he's gone away from kind of the old, older style player with, you know, cornerbacks. They can all play football. He's moved with the times, and it took Galway a while to do that. To, to do that, but Bork's really gone all out, all out football, all defend, all attack. So on on Sunday, I can see this being quite a defensive game. You know, you've got Keane O'Neill on one side, you've got Paddy Talley on the other side. I think, you know, the last. Yeah, okay. Um, Peter, from a Galway perspective, what's their best game plan? Or is it a case that they kick it long? Um, do they bring an extra man in defence uh, to deal with the likes of David Clifford um, and maybe try and ease their way into the game when things open up in the second half? Is it just a case of being conservative early doors for Galway? Uh, I think they have to, John. I don't think they have any choice because if they say right and, and play a gung-ho type of football, which they haven't done all year, by the way, um, I think then you're you're asking for trouble when you have forwards of the potential of David Clifford and Potty Sean O'Shea, and and you've seen when Dublin left a lot of space in front of them in the first twenty minutes in the semi final, Kerry uh, made hay big time. So Galway all year have been playing with a double sweeper, and I, I think they'll do the same again. Why why would they change it for for Kerry? So if they can keep it tight. Um, look! Look how well they've performed in those in those games, especially the last two. Very slow to start against um, Derry, but they were still in the game. And again, Armagh. Uh, it was a cagey game. 
uh, at full time, it looked as if Galway were deflated. And if you were to back anybody at that stage, it, it would have been Armagh. Yet they showed remarkable resilience and, and came out and put in a big shift again. So I think they have to they have to keep it cagey. They have to keep themselves um, in the game. And inevitably it will open up somewhat in the, in the second half. And that's their, that's their best chance um, to me. Um, and look, they would be hoping that with Dylan McHugh and Kieran Malloy, the way they play that double sweeper and get back in, that they're going to minimise uh, the scoring threat of uh, David Cl- Clifford in particular up front. And he, he's something special. There's, there's no doubt about that. And if, you know, a wee bit like thrown last year, if you can hold him to five or six points, you're, you're actually doing well. And just hoping that you can get up at the other end and, and cause a bit of havoc. And that's the key for, for Galway. And you talk about kicking the ball in. They'll certainly want to kick the ball in because after watching Kerry in the semi-final, um, Dublin didn't kick one ball in. In, in the first half, they didn't feel without Conor Callahan that they had the, the full forward line to do that. When they brought on Paddy Small and when they started kicking the ball uh, inside, then things started to happen. Dublin looked a completely different side and it asked serious questions of, of the Kerry full back line. So I would think that Parry Joyce would be saying, yeah, they will keep Damien Comer inside and whenever they do turn Kerry over, Let's try and move the ball as quickly as possible, and and, and try and, and and launch a few in into him and see what he's capable of. So, um, that's the way I think that that Galway's going to go about it. And just very briefly, Peter, uh, like the pressure is on Kerry in terms of expectation to win the game. If it is in the melting pot, say with 15, 20 minutes to go, as a player, do you feel that? Do you feel that weight of expectation that it's not necessarily going the way it should be going? Well, there's there's momentum swings and and games, and once the tide starts to go against you, it's very hard to, you know, to do anything uh, about it. And that's why if the game is tight going into the last few minutes and, and call, we get on a bit of a run, they're capable of, of rattling off scores in a, in, a, in a short space of time. But the other thing, you know, going into the closing stages of the game, uh, and if you think things are going against you, then you look at the bench, you break up the game, you bring on uh, impact subs, and again, thrown benefited from this last year, big time, and and against Kerry, um, in in the semi final. So, either team, if things aren't going well, or if they wanted to change their style of play, or or a shift in emphasis of, of what they're trying to do, then you look at your bench. And to me, uh, I would say I don't know if Finian would agree on this or not, but I would say it's a clear advantage to to Kerry in terms of their strength and depth and that they have experienced okay. players there on the on the bench that will make a difference whenever they're introduced. Okay, Peter Canavan, Finian Hanley and Billy O'Shea in the Saturday panel previewing tomorrow's All-Ireland football final between Kerry and Galway. Off the ball Saturday news talk. Back after the news with more chat from the lads between now and half two. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you three to five. The big breaking news is that Brian Cody has stepped down as manager of the Kilkenny Senior Hurlers, breaking in the last few minutes. The end of an era, folks, after 24 years, unquestionably the greatest manager in the history of the Gaelic Athletic Association. 11 All-Ireland titles won by the county under the leadership of the James Stevens Clubman and the Kilkenny Kilkenny County Board has issued the following statement which I'm going to read out now Brian Cody has informed Kilkenny County Board he's stepping down as Kilkenny Senior Hurling Team Manager appointed in November 1998 Brian has led the Kilkenny team to unprecedented provincial and national success he's regarded as the greatest manager in the history of the game as a manager his teams have won 11 All-Ireland Hurling Championships in a, including a record equaling four in a row between 2006 and 2009 18 Leinsters the National League 10 times 7 Walsh Cups and a Rockdust Tournament title and achieving all the success Brian has created an unbreakable spirit among his players and teams which have come to define Kilkenny Hurling we're having a football panel preview of tomorrow's game but Peter Canavan like I just as a Gaelic Games man you know what Brian has done unquestionably the greatest Unbelievable service to to the GA and um, uh, it's remarkable when, when you hear those facts and stats you're well aware of what he's achieved and the greatness and the revere in which he's held in Kilkenny 18 Leinster titles in 22 years 11 All-Irelands and, and 24 that's uh, you know speaks for itself and even before last 
week's uh, Hurland final. Um, everybody you were chatting to, you know, Limerick should win it and they should be winning it well. But Kilkenny's Kilkenny and Cody's Cody, and you always knew that there was going to be a big performance. And indeed, there was. It was a brilliant Kilkenny performance week. He, he managed once again, whilst they didn't win it, to, to get the best out of them. So, look, um, absolutely, he'll, he'll go down in history at the privilege of meeting him on a, on a number of occasions and a true gentleman at, uh, at all times. So, uh, big shoes to fill uh, for somebody in Kilkenny. Yeah, I just want to add here in the statement on behalf of Kilkenny people everywhere, Kilkenny County Board extends sincere gratitude to Brian for a lifetime of contribution to the county, the commitment and passion he's brought as a player and a manager, working tirelessly with a single aim to do what is best for Kilkenny hurling. Uh, the board would also uh, like to acknowledge the bond Brian helped create between team management, players, county board clubs and supporters clubs as all work seamlessly together in preparing our teams while organising and promoting our games. We're aware of the huge debt we owe Brian for the wonderful success and occasions we've enjoyed as we watched the teams he created play and succeed wherever and wherever our games are discussed in the future Brian Cody's achievements will all be the benchmark managers will be measured by and we wish Brian all the best in the future and all of us here at News Talking Off the Ball wish Brian Cody every uh, happiness in his retirement from uh, the game at inter-county level he might be involved in you know in, in some other aspect of the GA but it's seismic news here for the Gaelic uh, Games fraternity listeners out there people from Kilkenny 53106 you can text in your tributes to Brian Cody's managerial career over the last 24 years uh, we're going to get reaction to this big breaking news in hurling from the hurling world shortly um, at the moment we are looking ahead to the football final tomorrow with Peter Canavan Billy O'Shea and Finian Hanley um just in terms of tomorrow's game, uh, Billy, from a carry perspective, uh, like Jack O'Connor has been involved for what a quarter of a century uh, with the Kerry footballers, and I suppose they brought him back in, Billy, to win this All Ireland, to break this eight-year hoodoo, and it seems like he's got a good backroom team with him, with, um, with Paddy Talley and Michal Quirk and uh, Dermot Murphy, and the win over Dublin could be hugely psychologically important, Billy, because it, it takes the shackles off Kerry and it might give them the freedom to go and finish the job now. Sorry, um, I, I'm, I'm only partially hearing what you're asking me there. You're, you're, really, you're speaking about Jack and his management, management that, team. Yeah, yeah. That, they brought Jack in for a reason, Billy. They brought him back in for a reason to, to, to complete the job and to win this All-Ireland for the first time in eight years. What, you know Jack from back in the late 90s when in 1997, um, you know, you, you were playing and he was part of the team under party. What are his attributes? Well, I suppose to go back to, to how Jack... Got involved, I suppose, from, from a Kerry point of view. Jack Jack was a selector with Pawdy with the Kerry under-21s back in 1993. And uh, it was really Pawdy who unearthed Jack. And uh, what I liked about Jack as, as a selector, you know, he, he was, uh, he'd actually train with the team. You know, he had a great way of bonding with players. And, uh, you know, he integrated himself with the players as well. You know, he made himself one of the boys, for want of a better word. And he was very good at that. And as a result, he, his man management skills developed from that as well. He's, he's an interesting character, Jack. You know, I mean, he keeps very much to himself. You, you'd often see in his interviews, like he doesn't give much away. He'll talk, but tell you nothing. You know, he's very good at that. Uh, and I think that's one of the attributes of a good manager as well. Tell them something, but not the truth. And I, I think that he's, he's very good at that as well. But his man management skills are quite good inside there. His willingness to win is uh, is probably his greatest quality as well. You know, he's he's very good in the dressing room. He's very good in talking to players. Uh, and he's got a great passion for the game as well. You know, I mean, he, he loves the game of football. He eats, breathes it. And even when you are talking to him, he'll tell you that you need to take time out and he'll tell you about he's playing a bit of golf and things like that. But he's, he's very good in the dressing room and he's very disciplined. You know, he he's, he's, he's a guy that... He certainly doesn't care who you are. And I think I refer back to 2009. If you recall, Kerry dropped the Gooch and Tomas O'Shea for uh, a breach a breach of discipline, for want of a better word. And uh, the boys uh, the boys took off after training and just drowned their sorrows when things weren't going well for them, I think. And Jack was quick to call them in and he dropped them against Antrim in a championship match the following s- Sunday. You know, so he's a guy who can make the hard decisions. He has no problems in doing that. 
He's a great willingness, uh, a great drive about him as well. But he's also a, a very good man manager as well. And that's what you will see within the camp. He probably doesn't show it very well in public. But again, that's part of his psyche. He doesn't want to be leaving too much information out, which for me is the sign of a very good manager. Finian, what's the, as a fullback, you'd know, obviously with David Clifford, um, the, the threat he poses, and maybe you just can't curb him completely, but you have to limit his contribution. What should Galway do when it comes to David Clifford tomorrow? Yeah, there's a lot of talk, John, about matchups, I suppose, uh, and who's going to pick up Clifford. Uh, you know, there's talk of Sean Kelly, uh, you know, going toe to toe with him. We go back to the Sigerson final, I think, a lot, uh, but Sean didn't pick him up that day. A guy called Neil Mulcahy picked him up. Uh, and I think Sean was kind of sweeping. So, look, Galway aren't going to get overly into, you know, we've Paddy Clifford, David Clifford, and Sean, Sean O'Shea that are going to be going to be tagged. But o- other than that, I think, as Peter said earlier, we're going to be quite defensive. We're going to have a lot of bodies back inside our, you know, 65, 45 area, clogging it up and trying to keep, you know, the, the space to a minimum. Um, you know, David Clifford is going to get on the ball. Like it'd be interesting to see Jack and Billy might might explain more on this, but Jack is known for maybe a small curveball. He might, you know, we saw like times past where you know pairs start in different positions. Will Will David Clifford maybe start out the pitch a little bit with Sean O'Shea and Paul Ganey inside just to kind of you know change the mindset of 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 Boric and his team early doors? But I I, I personally think Gleam Silk is our best is our best man marker to to, to pick up um, David Clifford with maybe Kieran Malloy his club mate. Um, in, in, in front, sweeping, sweeping in front. I, you know, the, the only issue with that is it leaves someone else free. And when you have Stephen O'Brien, you know, you've Paddy Clifford, Jeremy O'Connor, and guys like that, you know, you can't leave those guys free or David Moran even. So, look, Kerry have an abundance of attacking talent. But you know, if you stop David Clifford, keep him to two or three points, then then you know you're, you have a chance. I think Darren Moynan as well, John, is a big loss for Kerry. I, I heard he got injured during the week. Um, he poses a huge threat, obviously. You know, tagging pairs going back, but he can he can chip up. He kicked this super score the last day. So, whilst it's a lot of it's about Clifford, they have they have an abundance of attacking talent and a bench, as Peter says as well. So, um, you know, I do think Liam Silk is our is our best man to pick up David Clifford with probably a Kieran Malloy, his clubmate, uh, you know, sweeping around in front. But it's very hard to keep him below four or five points given given his talent. His talent is absolutely massive, you know, and he's done it in the worst of conditions. So, you know, a bit of rain might help as well. Is there anything you can do psychologically to upset his rhythm? Is there much talking between a, a fullback and a full forward in these situations, or is it just a case of the it's a it's a footballing situation? Yeah, I, well, I suppose we go back to the Boric O'Hara uh, David Clifford uh, marriage in the in the in the league final. It wasn't uh, uh, there was you know allegedly there was a good bit of talking going on that day, but Clifford still you know put on a, an absolute exhibition of football that day. Um, I suppose you don't, you know, in fairness to O'Hara, there was a lot of space, but I think you can say what you want to this guy and the likes of Peter and these generational players, I think they like a bit of that because it kind of, you know, the next score they get, it kind of shows it, you know, I'll do it on the scoreboard, I can take a bit of abuse, but I don't think we have those type of players in, in our team. You know, we've lost a lot of that, um, you know, Owen Kern and these guys who, who played under Kevin were a bit more of the dog, whereas we have a lot of footballers now, so... You know, we have to trust the system and, and I think, you know, the likes of Sean Kelly, if we can get Sean early doors going forward on a run and maybe setting up a score, that will get the crowd going because that's his best attribute. I don't think standing in and dogging and, and, and maybe talking to a Paulie Clifford or a Paul Ganey is we're going to, you know, because these guys are, are really, really good players. So the best thing to do is if we can get 14 or 15 behind the ball, turn it over and, and, and make them think about us going the other way. I think that's maybe our best form of defence on Sunday. Uh, Peter, will it be a case of more of the same with Kerry, um, you know, breaking at speed, turning the ball over, using kick passing into these uh, quality forwards and, and using this um, much improved defensive system to have a platform to attack this Galway backline? Well, they will They will want to kick the ball, John. There, there's no doubt about that. But um, but they're a smart team. They're not going to kick the ball inside if, if Galway sitting with, with, with two sweepers. In, in front of David Clifford, so um, they may well carry it, but it's their natural instinct. You look at, at uh, David Moran, fabulous player. First five possessions he had in the semi final again Dublin, he he kicked them all. Um, I think of the eighteen possessions he had, he was taken off after fifteen minutes. Um, I counted that he that he kicked twelve of them. Now in the modern game, that's un, unheard of for a midfielder to kick that amount of possession. So it's, uh, he wants to do that and carry like. 
to, to move the ball as quickly as possible. And that brings us back around to, to kickouts, and it's, it's been mentioned there so far. That's the biggest call that Park Joyce will, will have to make. Um, because in, in the previous games, he's really been aggressive on opposition uh, kickouts, and it's worked really well for them when they push men up. But the danger this time round is that if they push men up and carry kick a lot of ball and win a lot of ball, then they're one kick pass away from, from a real goal threat in the Kerry full forward line. The goal that Kerry got against Dublin, that's exactly how it operated. Uh, they won the ball in, from a long kick out. Moran kicked it straight in. Sean O'Shea, space, uh, one-on-one, stuck in the back of the net. So that's the big uh, dilemma facing choice, uh, Parag Joyce. Do they play a bit cagey or do they allow Kerry to win a lot of kick out short and get their defensive shape um, in place and, and, and make it very hard for them to, uh, to break through? Um, but back to a Kerry point of view, which is what you were asking. Yeah, if Dara yeah. Moynihan's not able to play, uh, I think that's a blow because he, he does have a serious impact coming off the bench. And I wouldn't have been surprised, you're on about Jack O'Connor throwing a, a curveball and not being able and are not being afraid to do that. Um, I thought if there's going to be a lot of short kickouts, then surely it'd be an option to have played uh, Dara Moynihan wing half forward and in, in place of the likes of uh, Jack Barry um, because he's going to ask more questions going forward off the Galway defence. The other option he'll have, Paul Ganey, was was disappointing in the semi-final. I'm sure he's thinking about starting Killian Spillane and he adds a, a different type of threat in there than, than Ganey and knowing that Paul Ganey is more than capable of coming off the bench and making a massive uh, influence. So, Jack O'Connor has options there to make him be interesting just to see if he sticks with the same uh, formula or, or tries something different. Uh, breaking news, Brian Cody stepped down as manager of the Kilkenny Senior Hurlers after nearly 24 years. 11 All-Ireland titles, 5-3-106. We're going to get to that after half two after this football panel. Brian Cody, a hurling immortal, kind of sums it up on 5-3-106. Um, Paddy Talley, you know Paddy obviously from 2003, Peter Canavan, uh, now involved with Kerry and he has been credited for a lot of the um, improvement in Kerry's play this year. Uh, I've known him long before 2003. I went to school with him here right. in Ballygally. Um, and he was on the, the throne panel actually we spoke about losing the All-Ireland final in 1995 Paddy was sub that day for throne as well so yep I know him very well and it, it hasn't surprised me I know it, it was disappointing here in throne and in some circles that uh, he, had, he had left and gone to the enemy down south um, but <laughs> look it's, it's, it's a no-brainer from, from Jack O'Connor's point of view and there's a lot of people think that you know Paddy Talley he'll just work on defence, which is a load of nonsense. There's far more to him than than that there. And anywhere he's went, he's benefited players individually, and he works in so many aspects of the game as a manager and a coach. It wasn't just physical development. He, he's into the psychology of the game. He, he's into the science, um, and he can bring. Uh, so bring on so many players in different ways. So Jack O'Connor has clearly uh, identified that, and he wasn't afraid to to make that big call and, and get Paddy down there. And no doubt that he's added serious value to this Kerry setup. And Finian, you have Keane O'Neill there and Bernard Dunn in the backroom team with Galway, and Keane was involved in Kerry in 2014 when they won the All Ireland. He's been involved with the Tipperary Hurlers winning All Ireland. He was involved at Mayo at a final. He was involved with Cork when they beat Kerry. So he brings a wealth of experience. Yeah, he does definitely. Um, you know, I suppose there's a big mental battle between both coaches. Paddy Sally was with Galway in 18, so he'll know a lot of those guys. Um, and obviously Keane was with Kerry as well. So, you know, there's there's a lot of insights by, the, by those two, you know, when they're looking at matchups and how people play, you know, you know, Paul Conroy and David Moran, you know, what when they like to kick and whatnot. But yeah, look, Paddy Talley did excellent in, in, in Galway. I'm not sure how it ended for him in Galway. He was here for one year. You know, it was quite a successful year, but he you know, he was kinda of gone after that. So, you know, you know, both traditional both traditional counties, you know, footballing counties as they were, are now, you know, playing this counter attacking style, which is interesting, you know. So look it's it's it, it, they both bring a wealth of experience, they're both hugely successful. So they, you know, they'll be really, really up for this on, on, on Sunday as well. And I think they're going to have to look at maybe doing something a little bit different. Both teams will be cagey at the start. It'll be very, very tight. But, you know, 
as Peter says, is there that long ball into a Ganey or into a Clifford or into a, a Damien Comer that's going to open this game up, you know, in the 45th, 50th minute, you know, and, and, and whichever team can do that, if it's quite tight level maybe, then I think whatever team can do that is going to go on and win it. But that will be what those coaches will have maybe worked on this week to find that X factor. Um, Peter was kind of talking just before two o'clock about the Galway bench. Are you a bit worried about that, uh, Finian? Like one point from three outings? Yeah, it, it, to be honest, John, I am. It, it, you know, I suppose it's kind of well documented. We've lost a lot of players over the last year. You know, players have moved away from different reasons that were there for years. Gary and Gary, Gary O'Donnell, and Gary Bradshaw retired. You know, so it's a really, really new crop. Um, and, and a lot of the players that we have, you know, aren't really, you know, impact players on the scoreboard. They're more, you know, runners and utility players. Finian O'Lee could start at the weekend. Uh, he's been going well. He's a, re- he's a really, really good runner. He's come on. He's contributed in every game. He, he can kick a score as well. But outside of that, you know, we've got Kyle Sweeney, Billy Mannion. They're all kind of, you know, fish, you know, you know, really, really strong runners of the ball. So if you're looking for a score... You know, I think Kerry have obviously a better bench with Tony Brosnan. We know he's a, he is a goal and I'm Killian Spillane as well. You know, Adrian Spillane, these guys, they have a lot more on the bench. Darren Moynihan is a big loss uh, for, for, for Kerry. It weakens up that bench. We don't know what Gavin White is like, obviously fitness-wise. So if he's still carrying something in the back of his mind, as you know, players who played in an All-Ireland final, I'm sure will know this, that you don't want to be going in there with any creep of doubt in your mind. You need to be full in the full bill of health. So... Whilst we are, you know, I don't think we have as big an impact off the bench, but we're going to rely heavily on staying in the game for, 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 for a long time and, and the game opening up for Shane and Damien because I think the advantage is definitely with Kerry on the bench and I, I think most people know that. Um, when it comes to uh, the midfield battle, Billy, how do you see that unfolding? Because that's where the supply will come from, that middle third of the pitch for these forward lines. It will, yeah. And I think Peter alluded to it there, you know, that uh, David Moore is a ball player. You know, I mean, of, uh, I think you quoted the stats there that the majority of his play would have been kick passing as opposed to hand passing. The one thing I've seen so far in the championship to date would be that the amount of long kickouts that are going toward midfield, you know, is quite limited. You know, we don't see the the impact midfielder that we would have seen in the past having a dominant feature of the game because of the number of short kickouts that both go- that all goalkeepers, I should say, uh, are employing. And I would imagine that the, the majority of the kickouts tomorrow will probably be short kickouts. I can't see too many long kickouts going into the middle of the field. And as a result, I don't think that the midfield uh, battle will actually have as much significance as we'll say the, the battles that will be developing between the aforementioned halfbacks and half forwards. I think that that's where the key battles will probably be in tomorrow's game because of the short kickouts. And that will go back to a point that was raised in relation to Kerry this year. What is what is different about Kerry this year, I've noticed, is that they're very good at pressing on short kickouts. Before, they were very lackadaisical about it. You know, they were, and there was questions about the Kerry defence up to, we'll say, the start of this year. But then, as you, as you mentioned earlier about Paddy Talley, he certainly has kind of instilled that format for this team that they have to press on the short kick up by the opposition's goalkeeper and that has certainly been a major factor of this carry team this year there's no problem with the skill factor and stuff like that but that is just a tactic that they were never employed before and i think that he's been a major uh, cause of that and uh, he deserves great praise for it because it certainly has helped him in that case but to go back to your question it, it'll be a fairly even battle around the middle of the field four good footballers i just think given the way the modern game has developed that the midfield pairings doesn't match up in terms of the the battles that we would have seen in the past because of the short kickouts. I think that the, the, the key battles will probably be between uh, the halfbacks and the half forwards because of the short kickouts. Uh, Peter, in 2003 and five, you were, you know, you came off for a while, then you came back on. There was an improvisation from Mickey Hart around that. Um, how important is that in finals, those kind of things that you, you throw out the window, the bit of improvisation, the bit of the curveball, the... The, the players that you don't expect to um, deliver that do deliver you know was that a hallmark of 03 and 05 and even last year when you were on the uh, the sidelines watching Dara yeah look there's always something that, that crops up in, in these big games that, that, that people haven't expected or, or haven't counted for um, and, and the lads had mentioned this at the very start uh, of your show whereby 
often the players who are coming in really great form, playing brilliantly, they're often not the ones that shine. It's somebody else that has slipped under the radar. Groot Haggerty last week had a dream final, but he wasn't at himself in, you know, to his standards in, in a couple of the previous games. I go back to 2005, Ryan Mallon was wing half forward and our forwards. And for all the household names that we have, he came in and took Tomas O'Shea to the cleaners in the, in the first 15 or 20 minutes, scored three points. So uh, that that could, could well happen again um, next week. Shane Walsh, or, t- or tomorrow, Shane Walsh, you know, quiet in the, in the two semi-finals. He, he's a match winner in, in his own right. So there is, there, there, there's always uh, something that, uh, comes up that that you haven't counted for, and again, that's where uh, the two managers. We don't know what has gone on at training and and both camps um, this past few weeks, and there could be somebody there that has really stepped up and coming into good form, and uh, whichever manager is brave enough maybe to to use him to throw him in, that could be the man in a close game that could make the difference. Billy, are there any uh, from? I know you you were, you were involved in one final, but other finals that carry been involved in when things haven't gone right. Do you think there are do's and don'ts on the day for players? Well, I suppose the one thing I will say is that in this particular final, Kerry are going in as as raging hot favourites, and everybody's saying we can't be complacent and we can't take the opposition for granted. And straight away, in my opinion, if you start talking like that, there's a negative straight in your head. The one thing I would always say to a team, if you are going in as hot favourites, go out and show them why you are hot favourites. Go and express yourself. Go out and enjoy the occasion. Go out and play the football that has made you the hot favourites to do so. Of course, you're not going to be naive and think that things aren't going to go right. Of course, they're not going to go right for everybody. But at the same time, I think that if you're going into any match, you know, you should be going in with a level of confidence. And I think that Kerry will probably be going into this match with a level of confidence as well because of the style of football that they're playing and the fact that they know that they are capable of playing that type of football. They're going to respect Galway, absolutely. I think Kerry and Galway have always had a very healthy rivalry and any time that they have played each other in the past, it's always been a very enjoyable game of football. It's been pure football. There's been no negativity about it or there's been no distractions of any other sort. It's always been based on football and it's always been an enjoyable game to watch and I'm hoping for the same tomorrow. But like nobody can counteract for what may happen. Um, anything could happen on the given day. You could prepare as well as you can. And something, I'm just thinking of Dara Moynihan, for example. You know, he'd been playing, he was injured prior to the, the Mayo game. He came back in the last day, came in off the bench. I thought it was very influential. And now he's injured. Gavin White uh, is listed to play tomorrow. I'd be very surprised if he does start because that injury that he sustained against Dublin, you know, he was on the ground for six minutes. And he hobbled off. He had to be assisted off. I can't see how he would be back in two weeks. I think it'll be a big ask for him. And will his fitness level be okay? Not that fitness levels could be uh, in any way distorted over two weeks. There isn't much you can do over that two-week period. But like, there's, there's, there's still a serious amount of questions. Does Paul Ganey play the type of game he played the last day? Peter alluded to it there. You know, that would he start? He said he may start Killian Splann ahead of Ganey. Personally, I wouldn't. I think that Ganey has a lot to, uh, to to offer and he's better off starting rather than being brought off the bench. I think that Killian Spillane has offered an awful lot since he has come off the bench. And we look back at 2019 when he got that goal when he came off the bench against Dublin and he has been used as an impact sub, um, I suppose, since then. But uh, look, Kerry will win as raging hot favourites, no doubt. But I would always try and eliminate that aspect of, we'll say, you know, um, worrying about the opposition you should focus on your own ability first and i think that that's what kerry doing that's what jack o'connor will bring to the table and you asked me about jack earlier on he's got the experience of being in this position in 2004 uh when they went in against mayo uh there was a lot of expectation on kerry jack responded to that in kind and he told him to go out and express themselves and it may be a bit of deja vu tomorrow i think so the verdict billy o'shea who why and by how many I think Kerry will win it for the simple reason that they have the hunger of not having won one for eight years. This panel of players have been together for quite some time. They've lost the final in 2019. They've had a lot of hurt over the last two years. Peter Canavan's will testify to that from last year. And I think when you factor all that together, along with the fact that they have a very experienced bench that they can rely on if things are not going right for players, I think that it will swing in Kerry's favour. We respect Galway. They've done a great job in getting to the final. I think their time has come just a small bit too early for them. They will be a team of the future. And I would predict Kerry to win by six points. 
Billy O'Shea there with the verdict. Finian Hanley, who, why and by how many? Yeah, as the week goes on, John, I'm getting more and more confident, to be honest. And, you know, Baramoyne and Vouse, Gavin White not being overly fit. Uh, you know, they're huge kind of moments in the week for, for, for us and always people. Look, Kerry are there on, on merit, you know, knocking on the door the last couple of years. You know, if if they do get over Sunday, they will go on and 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 possibly win three or four more. But I think I I think there's huge expectation on Kerry. I think it's as big a pressure on a team that there has been in, in in a long time in the GAA because of what has gone on the last couple of years. And with Dublin out, you know, beating Dublin, there's huge pressure. And if they don't win, you know, there's going to be repercussions for everyone in Kerry because they're so passionate about their sport. I think we're going in with a shot at nothing. Um, and, 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 and we do our first 15 we do have a really good team so you know if we can get early ball into Damien you know and, and, and maybe unsettle them a bit and, and keep it tight for the first 40 or 50 minutes I think we have a chance and I'm actually going with our guys by a point uh, by the narrow so um, uh, that's head and heart uh, John by the way Very good Finian and Peter Canavan your verdict too why and by how many? Yeah, well, I fancied Kerry from early days, from, from the start of the year. Uh, I fancied that they would win at the Jack O'Connor factor. Um, he seems to have made a habit of winning all Ireland after th- the year after throwing us one No, four, oh six, and oh nine. And guess what? I think he's going to do it again. Um, the Paddy Talley factor, the David Clifford fa- uh, factor. He's, he's the best player that's playing Gaelic football at the minute. Um, maybe the best player that has ever played it. So you, you can't hide away, shy away from that fact. But we bit like Finney and the longer the, the week has went on uh, and I've got a chance to look at some of those old games, old finals that, that Galway played and whatever it is about Galway, be it county or club teams, they tend to produce big performances in all Ireland finals and in Croke Park. And I think they will produce a big one, but a bit like Kilkenny last week, I think they'll just come a bit short. Kerry have too much, have too much on the bench. And... Um, I don't think it'll be straightforward, but carried by two or three points. Okay, Peter Canavan, Billy O'Shea, Finian Hanley, thanks so much for coming on, previewing the football final tomorrow. May the best team win and enjoy the game, folks. Thanks, John. Pleasure, thanks, John. Cheers, guys. And our GA coverage and off the ball in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. The Saturday panel on off the ball.